This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Every single Friday, we hang out with your favorite celebrities, influencers, and legends. And today is not any different, ladies and gentlemen. Performing on stage, you know, alongside the likes of the Cool and the Gang, Randy Crawford, just to name a few, we present to you legendary Vicky Sampson joining us in studio. And the crowd goes, wow. <laughs> oh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Mom Vicky, Auntie yes. Vicky. Good morning, welcome. Thank you so much. Legai, have you landed? Oh, yes, I was about to ask if you had landed in languages. <laughs> no, she, in the came, she came right. into the studio already on that table. Oh, okay. There we go, there we go, there we go. We're loving it. Welcome to the province. Oh, man, I've been this, I think this is about my fourth time in your province. Okay. Over a series of many years. And yeah. I just love, I absolutely love this place. I fell in love with it. I was here about two months ago on the 8th uh-huh. of December sure. oh, yeah. um, for this group. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I just, I'd never seen the landscape. Wow. Because, you know, it's we majestic. took a drive in from Joburg and it was during the day. And it's it is absolutely, it reminded me actually, strangely, of, of Tanzania. Okay. Of the Serengeti. Ah. Because it has that kind of big open spaces, but yeah. it's surrounded by these mountains. mountains. So, sure. Yeah. And these beautiful trees. I think the nature here is yes. different. It's so different, but yeah. it's so epic. Mm. So I love this place. We must say having you in studio for us is an African dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for making time to wake up and come and join us so we can get into You're your private space. You're absolutely welcome. I must just say, I think we had a little moment there where we were a little nervous, and Bo and I, on the road here, because um, um, Google Maps wasn't very helpful. She said, turn oh, left in like a kilometer, and then we missed it. That oh, turn Google off. Maps. But, but then we actually, I realized that I think we took a shortcut getting in here. Mm-hmm. All that matters is that you're here. Yeah. And you're so, so grateful. Thank you. Yeah. So How have you been? I have been, oh, wow. Mm. I think I've been down mm-hmm. in my valleys yeah. for a number of years. And then, of course, we've all experienced that thing that I'm not going to mention that still seems to be lingering with us as a mm. society, as a, as, a, as a global family. Um, but it's been tough. But I'm here and I'm just grateful to God that I'm more inspired now than I I, I think I was in my 30s and 40s. Mm. And I am looking forward to great things in 2024. Mm. And what a journey. I mean, when you just, when Complexion asked that question, I felt the weight before you could even say anything. <laughs> and I didn't expect anything less of the, 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 the answer that you gave. And for me, that answer, it just, it carries the journey you've walked in life, in music, in everything. And it just wants me to go back to where it all started. Wow. You know, so uh, let's even go even much further. Where, where were you born? I was born in Cape Town. Okay. Um, I was born in Cape Town. My father, my late father was um, known as South Africa's Johnny Mathis. Mm-hmm. If you know that man's mm-hmm. vocal. Yeah. Um, and Bra-Victor. I... Victor. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Uncle Vic. And my mom was a domestic housekeeper, so I had... Amazing experiences as, as a little girl sure. from the age of 10, um, traveling from uh, Kirstenbosch, an area called Bishop's Court, Kirstenbosch in Cape Town, mm-hmm. to school uh, on the bus at the age of 10 yeah. and having conversations with the domestic workers because we were only allowed to sit upstairs. You know, it was whites only downstairs. And so I had I befriended all the domestic workers in, in the area and they got to know this little girl. And mm-hmm. I was always singing and yeah. I just enjoyed I enjoyed my life as a child. I didn't really know 
um, you know, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think of myself as poor or disadvantaged or anything like that. Yeah. I was I was always a, a person that kind of had a dream, some dream. I mm. didn't realize at that time even that I'd be a singer. Mm-hmm. But I was always singing from the age of about two and a half, three. Um, but I never realized that this would become my career sure. until years later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds like besides apartheid, things were a little better back then because there's a different picture that is painted about the Cape Flats now. Yes. Mm. Look, we always had the challenges within our communities of, of, of gangsterism and drugs, sure. mm-hmm. um, but not on the level that it is now. Okay. Mm. There was always um, Mandrax was the thing, you know, even in those days in the 70s. And mm. I believe we kind of, um, many of us would know that that was a plan. It was a planned thing on how the Mandrax was actually handed mm. on a platter to our people mm. um, but there were always gangsters and mm. there was always that element of, of feeling a little you know uneasy um, but we survived I was uh, an activist from a very young age from about mm. the age of 12 13 we had a we formed our own youth club in Hanover Park this is the place I grew up in mm. and there were many many people who came from that youth club which took care of conscientizing our community and um, making them aware of our rights our human rights and um, so we were political I was political even before I realized you know these things but I survived that and so did many of my peers who grew who grew to become like ministers in, yeah. in representing our nation in parliament and in, in government so I never you know I never looked at my my life as like I say as disadvantaged I was mm. just um, I was always just blessed that I had a very positive outlook on my life sure and over the years I think you know as you know society and life and challenges kind of maybe makes you a bit jaded but then you realize that to to be alive is a blessing and to have the gift of music especially is such a gift and I'm so grateful to God that I'm able to still sing mm-hmm. after all my you know late nights and smoking and all kinds of things that I've done to my voice but God has been so great and I give him all the thanks sure and all the praise today because mm-hmm. he's the only reason I'm here yeah. yeah so now that we have established that you were born and bred in the country yes uh, you are often <laughs> mistaken for for an overseas artist. Yeah. You know? I apparently, Are you aware of this? And what's your basic reaction? I heard that rumor after my first album was released in 92. Yeah. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Which country do they think you're from? Apparently America. Uh-huh. Really? That was like, ooh, didn't sit well with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But because you are an African dream girl. Yeah. You are not about the American dream. Hey, man, they didn't even, they didn't even know about us, you know. And the African dream was here before sure. the yeah. American dream. Yeah. Let's face it, you know, Africa is the cradle of humankind. Mm. And so I heard about this thing that we didn't realize you were South African. I was like, whatever would give you that impression? Because mm. I've never tried to put on an accent. Um, I've never never tried to be something I'm not yeah. but I think at the time even the record company must I must be honest I think they had a bit of a challenge with my image and who they wanted or perceived me to be oh. so I think that American thing came about because of them frankly sure. and maybe because they felt that being South African isn't good enough Ah. And at that time, uh, as a young, very young artist and performer and someone still finding my voice, mm. maybe for a moment there, I myself was fooled. Mm. Until my second album, I think, and then the third album, I realized, hey, man, I actually have a voice and it's an African voice. It's a South African voice with with American influences. You know? Yeah. So we're going to hear more about, we heard about how you are politically uh, conscious and everything. And then suddenly there's, there's 92, there's an album. 
We need to make the connection. So how did that dream actually come about? We have in studio this morning legendary singer, ladies and gentlemen, Vicky Sampson, and we're in conversation with her for over coffee. We've got to be continuing not so long. Today we are living our African dream. This legend is joining us in studio as we get to know her a little better. And I'm sure you were surprised that she was also very much active in politics back in the day out at Hanover Park. Maybe let's go back there. I mean, um, having read a lot of articles about you, Mamfiki, and I must say, uh, nothing scandalous came up about you. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> there was no internet back then. I mean, you know what I mean? There was no TikTok. <laughs> sure. And, you know, um, uh, having come across an, an article um, that reports that your dad, uh, Uncle Victor, at some point was battling with uh, mental issues oh, and that put a lot of strain on your on your parents marriage yes. and when you were around 12 oh, years gosh. and then they got to divorce i mean oh. how did that affect you during that time i mean at only 12 oh, oh that touched such a spot in me now when you said that i'm sorry sorry mama the fact that you actually took the time you know to to read about that Yes, it was tough, mm. you know, as a little girl going and seeing my dad in hospital over the years before he passed away in 99, mm. um, being decimated by, by that illness. And uh, I think one of my greatest prayers as I grew older was, please, God, protect me from that. Mm. Don't, mm. Let, don't let me go down that way. Mm. Um, and it was hard seeing the struggle between my mom and him. And so they were divorced when I was 12. Sure. My mom had decided that she couldn't expose me to that any longer because my dad, because of his, you know, because of the condition, mm. he would sometimes just be incredibly insecure and jealous and that led to many things between him and my mom but in 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 hindsight um i think that's what gave me maybe something extra inside you mm. know uh, that that knowing and feeling that i'm protected mm. that my mind is protected from all of that and then years later as i now have children mm. and a grandson thanking god for his protection over my son and my daughter's minds and 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 my grandson mm. but but in hindsight it was it wasn't easy um as a as a young girl uh, watching my dad deal with that Mm. Um, and because of the fact that knowing how great his voice was, and he, he was a he was an unlearned he didn't learn music, you know, he could just play a, a piano and even the flute. That he never succeeded mm. in his career. I think part of that. Now, years later, I go, wow, thank you, Dad. You know, because <laughs> I suppose I mean God gave him his voice, and then I got that voice yeah. through him. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was there a point where maybe he looked at you and saw himself and went, "You're going to be a star"? <sighs> My dad and I had a, f- a kind of a strained relationship. It was never we were never as close as as we should have been and could have been. Okay, I guess. But um, years later, I think I got to appreciate mm. my father. Yeah. And the role that he played in my life. Um, and subsequently, he taught me, actually, he bought my first guitar when I was about 10 years old. Nice. Okay. Um, I was terrible at it. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, just, oh, scary thing. Ten, 12, 20 fingers, you know. Um, but so he was, I would say he was my original inspiration sure. to, um, to actually pursue this. Yeah. Because of the fact that he never 
he never did manage to really do anything mm. with his talent. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, we'll give you a moment, Mama, for all of this. Uh, Thank you. Sunk in, and then we'll continue with our conversation after eight. We are in conversation in studio over coffee with Mum Vicky Sampson joining us as we get to know her a little better. Man, I have so much respect for music of this kind. You know what I mean? Um, love will shine on you. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. You can tell when you listen to a song that was released years ago uh-huh. that it was done so good that yeah. even when you listen to it today, there's nothing shallow about it. Nothing. Everything just sounds so perfect. It's you know, you've got a team of 17 or 20 people yeah. working with you. As a guy who's doing the keyboards, as a guy who's doing the percussion, there's a guy who's dealing with backup singers and these and the head lips and everything is just amazing. And the vocals are vocaling. Yeah. High notes are high noting. Of course. (laughs) Of course. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined in studio by a legend, Vicky Sampson, and we are getting to know her a little better. Uh, Let's take it back to 1996. I mean, you performing at at the AFCON. Uh-huh. Um, and my recollection is based on the current events Ooh, in yeah. soccer right now. I mean, when you watch um, the competition, are you getting the same chills? Are you getting the same vibe, the excitement? Well, I must be honest. I haven't been really been. I haven't had much time to to watch uh, the games okay. mm. this year. But um, I think for me that was just. I was just actually when I heard now that Nigeria's gone through to the to this to the finals. Yeah, I was like, wow. Come on, Bafana, Bafana. Maybe you needed the African dream uh-huh. in 2024. Because at that time. Because we sure. made it. You know? uh-huh. Maybe they need to be reminded. How did you feel? Yes, you guys. I mean, sure. That was the opening and closing ceremony. So I think I was on autopilot for that <laughs> entire month <laughs> at the opening. And I was just like, oh. 60-something thousand people wow. in the stadium. Wow. And the whole uh, continent and, also watched. And the whole, the whole continent in the yeah. world. I think, I, I don't even think I really was aware at that moment of how epic that was. Yeah. yeah. But it was just phenomenal standing there in front of the nations mm. and um, singing that song for the first time. Sure. You know, so that will always goosebumps. be one of my most <laughs> incredible memories and mm. especially the fact that we actually won Mm. Uh, the, the the cup that mm. year, mm-hmm. for me, I think African Dream. That was the beginning of the journey mm. of the of this the longevity of the song. Sure. And you've had also amazing moments at you know the the, the amazing the magnitude of the stages that you've sung on, and the people in the audience singing before great leaders and the likes. Like, mm. are there any performances that really stand out for you when you thought, my goodness, let me pinch myself when you're on that stage? Well, there were quite a few, and two of them specifically related to Tata Madiba um, comes from um, 99 mm-hmm. when he handed over the reins to uh, Tabo, President Tabo yes. Mbeki, mm-hmm. and at the Union Buildings, when I was on stage waiting for him, and they pushed him out onto the stage in this glass cage mm-hmm. with the whole country standing and watching. In the on in, on the grounds of of the union uh, building, and that was one of the highlights for me mm. of being present then. And then a couple of years later, it, I think it was his ninetieth birthday, two thousand and eight. Yes, when we performed at at the Johannesburg Stadium yeah. for a concert called um, Father of the Nation, yeah. with with um, Faith Sehue, um Faith Kikana, and and um, Judith Sapuma. Oh you remind me of strangely enough. Mm. Um, there's something about your face that reminds me of of Sister Judith, and that, that was seeing 
Madiba sit there on the couch and smiling yeah. and then just enjoying the music. I think that was one of my standout moments. And of course, when I met him and performed yeah. in 97 um, in Cape Town when we thought we might get the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And Madiba was dancing on the stage yeah. behind me mm-hmm. to African Dream. And so, you so, soon became a residency at Johannesburg Stadium, now Soccer City, because you came back again for the official opening. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. And that was quite a traumatic event for me because I think that was um, yeah something hectic had happened in my life at that moment but mm-hmm. as the song goes the show goes on you know yeah. the show must go on mm-hmm. um, so I've had many many highlights in my career and I think some of them have really shaped my identity and my my love for this continent specifically and for this country through the eyes of the African dream mm-hmm. um, as much as I, I still love and believe in the African dream, I pray and trust that this time that we're going to go into now um, as Africans, we're going to find that healing and that uh, restoration yeah. within our nation mm-hmm. and within this continent. Sure. Do you get the same vibes and same chills when you perform African dream now? Yes. I, I, I mean, I performed it last night, actually, at, at this amazing, the medical, uh, the um, uh, uh, awards the, yeah. ceremony yes. last night mm. at this amazing hotel. And I didn't realize, and the whole room stood up. Um, uh. Thanks to Maslati, actually. Maslati, you know, Maslati and the vocal group. Oh, yes, oh, yes. yes, um, yes. He is actually one of the reasons I'm here. Mm. Um he asked them to stand up and then the whole audience got up and I started singing African Dream. And then they all just joined me on the choruses and I, uh, it was, I could see people were going like, I think they were all taken back. So for me, the song is never old. Mm. It continues to, for me, evolve. And on that note, just to say that I'm very excited and praying and trusting God that this is the year that Black Coffee is actually going to do the remix of the song because wow. he, he has, um, you know, he's got vested interest with about 60-something epic South African songs, yeah. of which African Dream is one of them. And wow. I'm waiting for him to remix the song because this, this is what I've been told. Listen. We are crossing fingers yeah. for that. <laughs> and, yeah, holding out for you for that to happen. And, you know, there's just this there's this beautiful thread that really threads all your, the songs that you, mostly that you have, especially those that people really get to know about. A, a certain positivity. Yes. A, a certain... Uh, dare I say gospelish kind of not even gospel, but you know, do you, I, I think you get what spiritual. I'm spiritual. That's what I'm trying to get to. Are you, you know intentional with that, or it just oh, absolutely, happens? absolutely okay. from from quite a, 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 a youngish uh, recording uh, artist perspective age, I realized that what I sing about is very important mm-hmm. to me. And I think it's because of, of, of some of the songs that I've been blessed to have, you know, like, like Love Will Shine On You, yes. like My African Dream, and some mm. of the international covers that I've sung over the years. I don't feel that at this stage of my life or at any given time in any artist's life, mm. they should just be singing music for the sake of, of getting a song on radio. Mm. Yeah. It, we are the conscience, the voice, the ears, the heart of our nation, True. performers and the creative sector as a, as a whole and for me the blessing of going out and singing a song that is going to change someone's life mm. that is absolutely important to me because it, it it gives me new hope as well you know every time i sing it yeah. so i can't just sing a song for the sake of singing it <laughs> which is why i love song of love because that for me is is taken the african dream to another level yeah yeah you know it's um funny you should say that i mean 2011 um when you know we were observing the 23rd anniversary 
uh, of World AIDS Day. Yes. Uh, you had an opportunity to perform. The event was out in Cape Town. Yes. And, you know, that, that was... That was a good cause, you yes. know, in, in, in raising awareness, yes. amongst many other things. And yes. if I take it back in the day, I mean, musicians were used mm. as a voice to talk about the struggles that we're experiencing in yeah. the country, yeah. mainly apartheid. Yeah. We had a way of communicating to the world about the struggles that we're experiencing here. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the now government, when they look back, they can trust us that we as artists can send a message to yes. the people but are they using us as <laughs> artists to communicate different messages either than just booking you for an appearance at the gig but to say your song is big enough to build this nation let's see how we can support you yes i think i i, I don't the word use is actually funny that you you use that it's such a it's not a nice term because for me it's not um i feel uh, at times that musicians very much are used mm. uh, only at times when when it's had some kind of a political you know um, side issue or mm. whatever but I think absolutely for me I, I, I was in a situation last year where I had to perform at another party's um, you know the opposi- opposition mm. in fact at their, an event of theirs I didn't realize how big this event was they yeah. booked me for my African dream yeah. so I performed it and then I came into some flack from a couple of people just because like hey Vicky have you now like changed your allegiance oh. or whatever because I grew yeah. up with basically the ANC behind me and, and I was there in 1993 with mm-hmm. Madiba on that very stage yeah. actually in Athlone wow. when at one of the first very first out there ANC rallies mm-hmm. yeah. and um, so in my heart of hearts I, I knew always what my allegiance was and then people were questioning this like why would you go and perform at this you know, sure. I said really guys yeah. I'm not a politician. Not I, please God, you know the music is not about politics, mm-hmm. um, and people can think what they like. If any other party had asked me to come and sing my African dream, I would, because for me, it's that's what it's about. It's about the message in my African dream. It's about the people mm-hmm. and the needs of the people. And sometimes I wish that our leadership could remember that, mm-hmm. that from a ground-up perspective, lose all the other things that we've been so riddled by in this country mm. that has held us back and remember and go back to what happened to and the people shall govern yeah that is my message through my african dream so i will sing it on any stage whoever's sure. going to ask me yeah. yeah i mean i'm reminded of how you were part of 50 artists that were picketing outside parliament yes uh, during <laughs> COVID, you know for the relief and the then minister proposed about six thousand rands per artist, and that was just a once-off. I yes. mean, what happened to that conversation? And has there been any improvement since then? Well, you know, I, I was uh, the president of of the of maybe the second, um, but official first real official musicians union of South Africa, mm-hmm. Tumsa. Um, for five and a half years, sure. Tumsa still exists. Um, okay. I took a step back year before last. Um, uh, I'm still very good friends with Gabby LaRue, who is the general secretary now. Sure. We have two and a half plus thousand members nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, we were very much part of that whole discussion that went on, uh, not just with that, but the Copyright Amendment Bill, um, addressing those issues, uh, speaking to the Department oh, yes. of Employment, Labor and Labor to recognize the creative industry as workers. Mm-hmm. We work. That is our work. You know, mm-hmm. whether we have multiple employers or not, uh, this is what I, all I've done for more than four decades. Mm-hmm. I've earned my living from this. Mm-hmm. I've sustained my family. Sure. I've sustained a life 
through music. Mm. So why are we not regarded in the same light as everybody else who has a job, even though it is significantly different having the platforms that you have as an artist? Do you think the the, the efforts that were made, that you you actually got to get through to the results and the outcome and everything? Well, I can tell you very much that we were part, even at NEDLAC level, with with the discussions for the blueprint for Mm. the entire creative industry and to, to see, to rethink it and to see it as how big it actually is because you're not just talking about singers and poets and 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 the music itself but you're talking about an entire ecosystem within mm. the creative sector that is so huge that employs so many people mm-hmm. that is not even regarded as and taken seriously so that was part of our our discussions with government and with the department of employment and labor nice. to see that we can get social security for mm. instance to get a pension um because of that we had a problem with getting unemployment mm. because we don't have one employer sure. but there must be ways to get away from that old outdated labor labor act that is specifically related to ourselves yeah great you are a mom hey are you an oma yet Yes, I am. Ah, uh, <laughs> that must be nice. I think your oh my is Vicky Sampson. <laughs> I don't think Imagine. He's, he's, oh he gets goodness. very emotional. That little boy. <laughs> he's, he's six. His okay. name is Dante, and he actually, I believe, a few months ago last year, he watched me on some TV thing. I was like, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. And apparently, he was watching me because I hadn't seen him in a while. Yeah. yeah. And his mom said that he was crying when he saw Aww. me on TV. Aww. And then he came to one of my rehearsals because he's been in Cape Town with us for a while. Mm. And he, he just loves music. He loves music. I've been taking him to church with me. Yeah. Um, and Sunday mornings, he loves it. He comes and sits, you know, in that first hour of praise and worship. And he enjoys the music. And he's so, I think he's, he's a latent musician yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, as the yeah. eldest son i mean i'll probably tell my mother at some point that mom you need to rest yes Let's stop going up and down across the world <laughs> and performing i'll look after you if that is the case but please spend kids i mean time with the little kids you mm-hmm. know so that because we, we never know really you know time is very limited but do you ever you get say, that flag to no, say you know, as a musician you never retire do you that is my <laughs> prayer that god the, the the day I retire, I suppose, yeah. is the day when I no longer wake up, when God decides it's my time is on on earth is over. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, as far as being a grandmother and being a mother, my son actually manages my career. Okay. And he wanted to do that from the age of 16. And what? apparently I laughed at him. And I've never <laughs> Look been, at you now. <laughs> yes. And, and now he's actually taking care of the, the stuff that needs to be taken care wow, of. Wow. And uh, so I'm very much now aware of creating that legacy mm. for the, the ones that are coming and that yeah. are there already in, mm-hmm. in my shoes. Yeah. So this year also, God willing, I'll be launching the Victorious Foundation of Music and Arts, um, you know, under my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what are you going to be focusing on? On music specifically okay. and, and producing and working with, with developing sure. art, artists specifically, nice. not just on stage but mm. behind the scenes wow. and yeah. conduct themselves and certain aspects of business and oh, being a musician, the okay. business of being a musician. That's what the foundation will be about. So you're really not slowing down at all. I mean, with Song no. of Love... Yes. And we started the show with Song of Love. I know. Thank you so much. (laughs) So just need to tell us a bit more about that before we wrap up. Song of Love came about um, through a friendship that I was exposed to just before COVID. I was one of the judges on a talent talent competition in Cape Town. Right. Mm -hmm. And I met this amazing woman. Her name is Nini Schlechter. She's this Afrikaans woman, tall, beautiful, blonde. I call her my Vi Queen. 
And that's how we met. We were co-judges. And then we decided that there were 47 of the finalists who didn't make it, of course, because yeah. you can only have one winner. We took these 47 young people mm-hmm. from through dance, um, through more contemporary styles, to hip-hop and rap, to um, music. And we took them and we created a show called Mzansi Many Roots, One Tree. Sure. Because okay. it was multicultural, okay. you know. And these kids were so beautiful. We created the show and then we put it on four times um, in, in the Western Cape. We started an NPC, actually, One Tree Development Project. And fortunate, unfortunately, at that point, point, we didn't get much support from, from government in Western Cape mm-hmm. to sustain it. But what happened is that our friendship then developed and Nini wrote a song for me called One Land, One Cry, okay. which is on YouTube. There's a video because in our final show at Artscape that night, all the kids and everybody came out and we performed One Land, One Cry. So okay. it's, that was Nini's first composition. And then she did a follow-up with, with, with Song of Life because we decided, Vix, you what? need a follow-up to African Dream. Wow. And then sad the song was recorded with love and great intentions and the radio stations uh, weren't that interested okay. you know because apparently it wasn't their format or something crazy like that uh-huh. but so thank you for <laughs> actually playing the song because you know we've spoken about mm. why songs come about sure. why songs are created sure um, you can only appreciate a song if you hear it you know, or you're entitled not to like it. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It's I know what the intention was behind Song of Love, and it's a beautiful message, and it's a spiritual thing, and it's been blessed by my prophet and his wife. So I say thank you for playing Song of Love on Capricorn. And we say thank you for coming and spending the morning with us. We really appreciate it's been such it. A, a very legendary morning that thank we've you. had today. Thank and thank you for being so generous with you know your life and just opening it up to us and being so vulnerable with us. Really appreciate that. I appreciate you. So of course, in studio today for over coffee conversations, we have been chilling with the legendary vocalist Vicky Sampson. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit CapricornFM.co.za.